You're listening to audio from Embassy Church. We exist to advance the message and ministry of Jesus in the city of Bloomington, on the campus of IU, and to the ends of the earth. We think of father, someone probably, well, that was one of your nouns for sure, friend, but God is also a fortress for us, a a safe place, the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. He is that before he's anything else for us. And it's fitting even on Independence Day, as someone um, who lives in America and enjoys the freedoms that I definitely take for granted so much of the time, I mean, it's fitting to acknowledge uh, that America is a great place, that a lot of people still to this day, I mean, would love to to find refuge in the, the country that we call home, right? And so it's fitting on Independence Day that we unpack this idea of, of refuge a bit. And if we're honest, for most of us living in America, our times of trouble, which is really what this psalm is ideal for, are fewer and further between than most anyone that's ever lived in any civilization ever. And yet suffering and weakness and turmoil is part of the human experience, and so I, I still think we can resonate this morning. So the question, as you just heard Jonathan read Psalm 46, and if you've got a Bible, hopefully you're open to it, is real simple. Like, what if we actually saw God as our refuge and strength a little bit more this morning? This was Martin Luther, the great reformer's favorite psalm, hands down. He would go to it often, and he was acquainted with turmoil as he did a lot of things for God's kingdom. And he would think on this psalm, and he even wrote the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, a beautiful hymn based right out of this psalm, if you're familiar with it. What would it look like to accept a bit more of our brokenness, a bit more of the reality that we are weak and we are human and we are frail, and to find our strength in God? What would it look like to take frequent, even daily refuge in the one who's all-powerful, I think it would be awesome for our lives and our church if we could just see God as this fortress, this refuge that he, he truly is. So I'm going to unpack. It, it's really split up into three chunks nicely for us. If you want a, a summary of this psalm, uh, really, it's, it's quite straightforward. I love when Critter gives me straightforward stuff. Um, God is with us until one day we'll be with him, but until then, God is with us. Okay, like that's pretty much as straightforward as it gets. And so verse one through three, here's how it starts off. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble, always. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil, we will not be afraid. This is kind of a crazy confession to start out the psalm, like a, a proclamation, if you will, that God is with me, therefore I will not be afraid. To us, that sounds like, eh, I, I wish I, that was a conviction. Like, I wish I was never afraid because I knew God was my refuge and strength and I never, I never wavered from that truth, right? And so what, what's gonna start off as a crazy con- confession, I hope is more of a conviction, more of an anthem, if you will, as we leave this morning of God really is my refuge and strength. And therefore, I really do have less to be afraid of than I, I think I do so often. So 
what, what makes you afraid? You know? Like, I have no idea where you're at right now. Like, maybe you're going through a time of trouble, and frankly, this psalm goes really well with Psalm 42 and 43 that Critter preached on uh, last week. For me, it used to be death. I mean, in the middle of the night, I would just be scared. Someone was going to come take me, kill me, hurt my family. Like, I, that would just, I had night terrors, if you will. Uh, I didn't know what to call it then, but it, it, was, it was a serious fear of mine growing up. Now it's, it's not that, but it's weird stuff. Like, am I going to waste my life? That scares me. Am I going to do a good job leading salt company here? Like, I don't know. I kind of fear that I will, will fail at that. Am I going to have enough money for stuff? Kids? Ugh. Scary. I don't know how to do that. A big one for me is, this is small, but it's like, it's more frequent. So, like hard conversations terrify me. If you text me, hey man, can we meet up? I'm immediately like, scared. Why? Because like, I have a lot of those nowadays in my role, like a lot of hard combos that I'm just like, mm, let me send you Critter's number. <laughs> you know? It's just, I don't like the darkness. I don't like going into stuff that I feel like, man, I don't know what could come out right now. You could be grieving something really hard that I don't know what I'm going to respond to that. What, what makes you afraid? Either frequently and small or, or is serious, you know? Lost, loss of a job? Super disgruntled in a job and you don't know what's next, what the future holds. Loved one is sick, marriage isn't good, you don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel. What's it for you? Or what might it be for you? Turmoil, times when it feels like the earth is just shaking. Like you felt that, right? This psalm is for those times for sure, but it's also for us to know about and stick in our back pocket for when those times come. What do you do when you feel afraid? <laughs> you know, like, where do you turn? Because we all, we all like, it's like a human response to want to seek refuge from stuff. But do you know the helper that's always there in times of need? Have you ever really sought him and he wasn't there? We all know what fear feels like. It's not fun, but there is hope. And so I want to keep reading this psalm because we're just getting to my favorite parts. Verse 4. There's a river. Okay, so we just left like this volcanic trembling of fear. And here we go. There's a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her, this city. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Every morning, nations rage, kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. And so if we start off with a crazy confession, now we have this glorious city detour. A crazy confession that I don't have to fear anything because God is my refuge and strength. And now this picture of this glorious city. This picture of... This place, ultimately, we were created to, to dwell in, of utter peace and delight. And as I was thinking on this, this psalm and just why this detour, like this feels kind of like escapism to me, you know? Like, oh man, sure, someday I'll be in this heavenly city, but what about right now? What about my troubles? And the psalmist is almost like, no, think, think with me for a second of this place. 
See, what, what's more comforting to me, the, the more mature I get in Christ, like, frankly, the more I find myself thinking about heaven. And the only thing more comforting to me than the thought that God is with me always is that there's going to be a day when I'll be with him always. And so even though he's with me in my trouble, someday I'll be with him in the absence of all trouble. That's crazy. That's beautiful. What, if, if you're not a Christian in here, think with me for a second. Even if you are, it'd be good to take this journey together. What if there really is a place where God dwells fully, like his presence is just full, weighty? What if the Bible is true? What if this isn't just random? What if things aren't as they should be, but one day they will be? What if we really do stand before God after we die? That alone's scary. To trust God, this God, if, if this is real, as our refuge, as our strength, absolutely requires faith. But so does trusting anything else, right? Where's your hope? Yourself, wealth, a better life in the future before poof, you're dead and that's it. Like, what are you trusting? What if we were literally made for God himself to dwell with him forever? What if he's been longing to reveal a place like heaven to us so that we could be with him forever? He's either real or he isn't. And if he is, then everything he says is true and reliable and good. And there really is this place. There's nothing to debate with him about. There really is a city like the one just briefly pictured here. Worth thinking about, waiting for, longing for. I love, I love the picture. I love the detour. Trembling. And then a river. I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I, I'm sure we all think different thoughts in our head. And I'm sure we're all wrong but there's for sure going to be water i love water i do that's my favorite thing in creation water i was just at some one of my favorite probably my favorite bodies of water this weekend uh this week not weekend i was here last sunday took the week off lake of the ozarks anybody been a few it's kind of in the middle of nowhere missouri so not a lot of people have been but if you haven't, let me just give you a quick picture of what it's like. It's, it's basically a river, so we're not that far from the text, but the, somebody stopped it, so then it's just a huge lake. And the main channel of this lake is 100 miles long, and there's all these arms and coves, like so many. I've been there every year since I was a baby. I've for sure never seen the whole lake. It, let me, there's people from Louisiana in here. The Lake of the Ozarks has more coastline than Louisiana and California combined, okay? Here, you want something more crazy? Look it up. It has more shoreline than all the ocean-bordering states of New Hampshire, Delaware, Maryland, Rhode Island, Mississippi, Alabama, Connecticut, Georgia, Virginia, New York, New Jersey, Washington, and South Carolina if you smashed all them together. Yeah, I know. Stephen Webster's like, uh, look it up, dude. Look it up. It's about 1,150 miles of coastline, and all those states shockingly have like 100 or whatever, and you add them all up. It doesn't equal 1,150. It's a great place. It's a peaceful place. It's getting more and more discovered and more and more populated. That's okay with me. I like people. 
that brings good restaurants, good food. And I was on the lake this weekend in the morning on a floaty, just like, man, I feel so at peace right now. I am not thinking about anything. And then I started thinking about my sermon. And I was like, man, why do I have to think about that right now? But I honestly, I mean, I go down to the dock. It's like 80 degrees. The water temp is like 83 degrees. It's just wonderful this time of year. I grab the floaty that already blew up a few days ago. I get out on the lake by myself just floating. And it's like the morning, so there's not that many boats yet. And you're way deep in this cove anyway, so there's not that many boats ever. And even then, like, it's good when there is like one boat because then you wait a few minutes and you'll hit like four or five waves go under you, and it's like, man. This is, this is the definition of chilling. And I'm like, how am I supposed to preach on Psalm 46, times of trouble? And I, that's why I think I'm focusing so much on this middle section, because I was just like, this is, I really don't know how I could be at more peace right now, and this is truly a taste of heaven. Like, if there's a river in the city of God that I can just float in, what is that going to be like? Because this is amazing. But then I started thinking about when times haven't, like, why isn't just all of life this amazing? In verse 6 says, nations rage, kingdom topples, the earth melts when he lifts his voice, and right before that, God will help her when the morning dawns. I'm like, the, the sun is coming up right now on me, on this floaty. But the sun also is coming up around the world on horrific stuff. Horrific stuff. The sun's, this same sun is coming up on the Lake of the Ozarks, and it's beautiful. And it just came o- over Ukraine, and there's just buildings everywhere, dead bodies. What, what is this place that I live? Where's God in, in that? The same sun rising on beauty and pure evil in disaster. That's how I know this, this city, this is, it's a future one. I can't go find it anywhere, anywhere. This side of eternity. And yet in my darkest moments as a Christian, I know now the worst case scenario for me as a believer in Christ is someday that river will be there for me waiting, even if I never go to the Ozarks again in my life. I never have a good day again in my life. Someday I will stand before God on the basis of what Christ has afforded to me, and I'll enter into the city, and I'll get to just float, and I'll be in his presence for, forever. That's the worst case scenario for me. That should give us hope in times that feel like trouble and trembling. Train yourself, if you will, to think of heaven, or all you'll ever live for is earth and will be disappointed. I love verse, verse 2 and 6, how they contrast. Verse 5, verse 2, even while the mountains will topple, and in verse 6, the kingdoms topple. What a weird word, topple. This city of God is untoppleable. Why? God dwells there. God will help her when the morning dawns. I picture a literal fortress like a castle, and somewhere there's a river in it. It's huge. But the reality is this city doesn't, this fortress, this city doesn't need any walls. God is the stronghold of this place. We don't need to lock the doors. He alone keeps watch. The Lord of armies. 
Who wants the password for in here? I just shared it with you. The commander of hosts and hosts of heavenly beings, his holy dwelling place is this castle with his people. If he just lifts his voice, the earth melts. Yes, the same earth that just felt like it was trembling, he can melt it with his mouth. He's quite bigger than our problems. And some of us, I mean, you understand what a lifted voice can do, right? You ever have a dad growing up raise their voice? My dad does this, like, hissing thing where he sucks in through his teeth. And it's just like, and I melt. He could come in. I'm, like, older and stronger. I'm not older than him. I'm older now, and I'm stronger now. I could beat him up. But if he walked in here and did, I'd just sit down. <laughs> We're like, what did I do? God can melt the earth with that sound from his mouth. He created it with who knows what sound. You don't want to be on the receiving end of the wrath of the Lord of armies when he chooses to raise his voice. And someday the earth is going to melt away. And all that's going to be left is another otherworldly holy city that's going to blow our minds. And that Lord of armies is with us. God is our refuge and strength right now, today. Therefore, we need not fear. Verse 8 through 11. Let's get through this. Come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes war cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons on fire. Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Exalted among the nations. Exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Look at the verbs in this, these last few verses. Look at the verbs applied to, to God. What, what he does, he brings devastation, he makes war cease, he shatters bows, he cuts spears to pieces, he sets wagons ablaze. What are, what are our verbs in this? Come see. Stop fighting. No. This is the, if we, if we move from a crazy confession to a glorious city, now here's like the actionless action steps for us. Come see. Stop fighting. Some of your Bibles say, be still. No. That's it. He's going to put an end to all fighting because he is the peacemaker. But how about us stopping our fighting? Like, do you see how the, the progression here is from like meta, <laughs> meta stillness to like, but you, stop your fighting and know that I'm God. A heart level, have I stopped? Am I still? Have I acknowledged my refuge and strength? Be quiet is another good translation. This is a beautiful gospel response, I think. Come see, stop fighting, know that I'm with you. Come see, stop fighting, know that I'm with you. This is what it takes to even become a Christian. Come see the work of God for you on the cross. Stop fighting. Stop striving for grace. Let it be finished. Let yourself be forgiven by what only I could afford you. And then know that I'm with you. Look at that. For all of us this morning, I hope we just stop. I hope we just ponder the incredible work of the Lord of Armies and what he actually did 2,000 years ago to even afford us this moment so we can stand here in peace and know what our refuge is really like, know what our strength is really like, know where it actually comes from, even more than the guy who wrote this. 
Is God able to bring devastation with just his voice? Yes. However, there's still only turmoil for us when in our hearts we know that we deserve to stand outside the fortress. We deserve that devastation ourselves unless God chooses something else, a different way. The world is evil. We all need a refuge from it at times. However, I'm also evil. God hates evil. (laughs) I need a refuge from myself. See, the problem is the second God lets people like me and you into his fortress, it's no longer a place of refuge anymore for anyone because we're all part of the problem. It doesn't, it's not the lake of the Ozarks in a quiet morning. It's just like a lake in the middle of a storm again because I'm part of the problem. So what's God to do? In order for us to escape the evil in the world and in ourselves and and be led across the drawbridge, if you will, into the fortress of God, Christ had to first come out. We needed someone more powerful than us to enter into our darkness and trouble and trembling earth and still it for us. We needed someone like Jesus who could be intimately acquainted with our troubles but also powerful enough to calm the storms just by lifting his voice. We needed to not just sing about God being with us or believe it more or read this this psalm more. We needed him to literally be with us in the flesh. Jesus, Emmanuel, Lord of armies, walking the earth. In order for us to be allowed to cross the drawbridge to our fortress of refuge forever, there had to be a literal cross. God had to bring that devastation upon himself. Because of Jesus, the very thing we ought to be afraid of most. Facing the Lord of armies some days and standing on our own merit, that just gets added to the list of things we don't have to fear at all. Because of Jesus, we can actually know God. Like it says, stop. Know, know that I'm God. We can actually know him and be content to stop our fighting and then just exalt him with the rest of our lives. The Lord of armies is with us. You want to see a, a picture of the most beautiful thing on earth like me floating on, on the Ozarks? The most glorious thing that I can think of in my brain is that. And the most horrendous thing you can think of the most wicked thing you can think of put into one thing, that's what the cross is like. There's not a more horrific moment in the history of the universe and there's not a more glorious one either for those of us that want any hope to actually be saved from ourselves. And so, yeah, this Independence Day, I I hope it makes us, us think about our refuge. And I don't just mean America. While America is a great place, No nation has ever been perfect, and every nation except for one will one day be toppled to the ground. And God is still building the only nation that will never perish and is being made up of a bunch of individuals that have been redeemed by the king from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And the war for that nation was won on the cross, but our full and final day of freedom, it's it's still coming. And it won't be an independence day like, man, I'm free from... It'll be a dependence day. Like, man, there he is. There he is. The fortress of heaven, the city of God. It's really a glorious nation of a bunch of refugees. There's one native resident of that heavenly city who had to die, but instead of fighting back, he willed it to be so from the beginning of time, and instead of staying dead, he rose again, and now he's going to be king of that place, but one day call home forever. 
So, back to the question at the beginning. What if we actually saw God as our refuge and strength? Especially in light of the cross. Well, if we don't, I can assure you our troubles will dominate us and we'll never be able to enter into other people's troubles that may be even more significant than ours. But if we do, surely we'd stop fighting and striving so much. And the crazy confession at the beginning of this psalm might actually become a conviction and an anthem this side of heaven rather than aspirational crazy talk. You remember that confession? God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. We have a helper for times of trouble. So let us put Psalm 46 in our pockets and pull it out as often as we need to because he will always be found. What would a bunch of fearless Christians look like in the embassy church, you know? Like, what if that was a conviction? Yeah, this is trouble. I don't need to fear it. Maybe you don't currently feel afraid or or rarely do. Great, take some more risks for Jesus. Be more bold. Do some more stuff for the kingdom that scares you and see if your helper is not right there with you along the way. Jesus has invited us into the refuge, the fortress of, of heaven, of God himself. And there's to be no fear inside a fortress such as his, only praise. And so we're about to sing an, an awesome song. It's so good. It's my favorite one of the series. Um, yeah, and even, even though I, I admittedly, I'm, I, times are good right now. I need to know that God is my refuge and strength whensoever I need him. And, and what it, would it look like for me today to just go and, and sit and enjoy his presence and, and proactively put on the armor of God and look at Christ and behold him and exalt him and, and be willing to just take more steps that might put me in that place of, of fear and of turmoil and of trembling in which I need to lean on him. And so, yeah, the band can come up and I'll pray and um, we'll get out of here. God, we love you. And we're thankful um, for Psalm 46. God, I really do pray that uh, if nothing nothing else sticks this morning, the number 46 would. And we would actually start to believe that you're our refuge and our strength. And Christ is the only rock we're standing on. And when we are going through turmoil and it feels like the world's shaking, we don't, we don't have to be as afraid as we so often are quick to. God, you don't, you don't desire um, an eternity of fear and suffering and stress. And that's why someday that all that will be gone and we'll just see the beauty of Jesus, and it'll be perfect. So God, would you help us think about that, that holy city and that dwelling place for those of us that have put our trust in Christ. And God, we thank you for the little ones this morning. We thank you that, yeah, they are in our midst and that um, they're in a, a, a good environment to, to know and follow you, and God, we just pray that we would because it's only by work of your spirit that anyone comes to know Jesus, and we pray that the, these little ones in our, our congregation would come to know you and uh, someday be able to sing some of the songs we're singing right now with, with true authentic faith and worship and do great things for the kingdom. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about us or to get connected, please visit embassybtown.org.